I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Blitz in here on a Monday. The Steelers, a frustrating but in some ways encouraging performance against the Bengals. It wasn't all sunshine and ro- rainbows, but in the context that I think Professor Motes painted there very, uh, very lovely in the first segment, there's uh, a lot to be encouraged by moving forward. I think we have carved out an audience here on the Blitz that, you know, you guys are very reasonable. But let's go to the tweets and see if we can confirm yeah, that. Let's see, see what's going see, on. See if we can back that up. May tweets us. May is always a very level-headed tweeter. Mm-hmm. May tweets us, you know, feels like Cincinnati made the adjustments in the second half and the Steelers did not, you know, wondering what you think is the issue behind this. And, you know, she says, I'm just really trying to understand why the second half felt like such a disaster. Yeah, um, the adjustments were true. That That's very real. And when we're talking about valid criticism, that is something that we can critique Matt Canada and Terrell Austin for. Um, when we talk about Matt Canada... Mm-hmm. The criticism that I have for him was in that second half when we started to not be able to hold up protection-wise, I would have liked to see him go and either implement a little bit faster of a passing attack where you're scheming up routes to win right now, thinking Jalen Warren fast release, but obviously he had the hamstring in the second half, so that wasn't available. But some of those type of plays, I would have liked to have seen that. Or having Pat or Zach Gentry in those C-gap areas just to Hmm. influence or make those DNs have to think about it a little bit more. I thought Cincinnati did a really good job of that in the second half of just having Hayden Hurst in the C-gap area chipping TJ deliberately to the point where he would be late in his route, but he made sure he got two hands on him. They would release Samaji P. Ryan off the backside to chip Alex Highsmith or go in a route that would make Alex have to be tighter to Jonah Williams, which benefited him. Those little details, those little adjustments are what I thought the Bengals did to offset our rush that I would have liked to have seen Matt Canada do on our side. 
also I thought that for them, in terms of Cincy making their adjustments, we said it earlier, they knew that we don't travel our corners. So their adjustment was if they're going to bring pressure like we do at times, they're going to put the guy, the receiver that they want on our slot because we do a lot of blitzing with our slot rece- our slot corner, right? You think Mike Hilton, Arthur Mollett, same concept, mm-hmm. right? When we're bringing pressure, he's one of those guys that he's in the action. So what do you do? You put T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd there. So now I'm reading that player anyways. If it's blitz, I'm going to the ball right now. If he doesn't blitz, well, I love my matchup. Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins on Arthur Mollett. And it's a fast win in the sense that Arthur, because you're playing in the slot, you play pressed up the majority of the time because it's easier passageways when you talk about a linebacker being off ball. You got an outside corner that's playing up and back. It's just easier for those guys to consistently be pressed up. But the problem is when you're pressed up, you can lose right now. If you don't get hands on the receiver at the line of scrimmage, now you're in a trail technique, and now you're throwing it up to a T. Higgins. You're throwing it up to a Tyler Boyd on a Arthur Marlette. So those are some of the adjustments that the Bengals made offensively to offset us and some of the um, changes that we did not make offensively. And then defensively, I'm sure you're probably asking, why don't we travel our corners when teams are attacking us like that? And the reason is is because it will really – complicate the coverage element and the run gap element for every one or two plays that it might work extremely well for you to bring in a Levi Wallace to play in the slot and then you move Arthur Mallette to the outside corner it's cool when it's static and static means stationary it's not moving okay this guy's aligned there everything's good but what happens is this when you start traveling your corners inside okay now I'm going to motion this guy from the slot to the outside and now I want to see how you adjusted this because now you've just complicated everything for your slot corner, who is not used to playing outside, who is on the opposite of the formation. And now you got this inside, your outside corner playing on the inside, on the other side of the formation. And because of the motion, now everybody's confused again. Now you have Arthur Milette playing on the outside and Levi Watts playing on the slot. That's not what you want either. So it's certain things that they're going to be able to do just because of what our rules are. And every offense and defense has rules. You have to have rules. If you don't have rules, there's no structure. If there's no structures, you're out there playing chaotic. Mm -hmm. Every defense has structures. Every defense has pros and cons. We just talked about it. If you travel your corners, that's cool, but this is the offset of that. When you don't travel your corners, that's cool, but this is what you have to worry about as well. So it's pros and cons to each one, and you just have to pick your poison. Which one do you want to live with? In Pittsburgh, we've historically lived with, we'll give you that slot matchup because we feel like our safety is going to be able to be an influencer and our pass rush can hopefully win fast enough. But that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm Mm-hmm. No different if you go to Philadelphia with the complaint is defensively, man, they stay in man-to-man. They always shout in their corners, man. And when they always crossing routes, all this, all this stuff, like, bro, why are they always doing this, man? We got all these bad matchups, man, because they stay man-to-man-to-man. Like, why was all this man? If you go out to Seattle, bro, they always in cover three. You know how many crossing routes, you know how many deep overs and four verticals, man? I'm tired of seeing this stuff, man. Everybody has their thing, There's no man. perfect defense because there if there no, was, everyone would run right. it. Every defense is going to have something yep. negative about it. And for us, it just hits home because we see it because we're fans sure, of Sure, week in and week out. Yeah. So for us, it tires a little bit sooner. But when you take a step back and look globally, everybody has issues. Everybody does. This is just our issue. Mm -hmm. And it was just that yesterday versus a familiar opponent that knew how to attack that, we just did not win enough of our, hey, if they're going to go here, this is how we attack that. We just didn't win enough of that. And that's a part of the game at times. You know, I think it's different if one or two of those passes, 
Milet makes a play on or Levi Watts makes a play on. I think that changes the dynamic. But when they're constantly hitting these explosive pass plays, combat catch style, it's just like, dang, you lose sight of we're actually in position. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was running free. The matchup was the finish. That was what we're complaining about. So schematically, it still was not this overly flawed thing. They just were able to identify the matchup, and their player won that matchup. But it wasn't as if, man, Arthur Milet can't even keep up with this dude. Arthur Milet isn't even touching this guy. It was how many times we see Arthur Milet hands on this dude's wrist, swiping still up the brings ball, the ball and he's just bringing it in. Yep. It's like, man, if that was George Pickens, what would we be saying? George Pickens, he liked that, oh, right? Oh, he's him. He liked that. He's him. But when it's but when it's T. Higgins doing it, a more proven guy who's already been doing this for multiple seasons, along with the Tyler Boyd, what do we say? Man, Arthur Mullet sucks, man. We gotta fire him, man. We ain't got <laughs> no so other quarterback, man. That. What's going on here today? You're absolutely right. Like I what like, my, what's the like come on, man? One of my buddies texted me after the game last night and was like, Bro, T. Higgins cooked us in the first half, and then he came out in the second half and was still cooking. Like, can we make some adjustments to that? I'm like, bro. On maybe one or two of those, was he was he open open? Mm-hmm. The other one, he's winning comeback. Like what adjustment do you, you want him to grab him by the face mask and say, "Hey, play better defense"? Like that's the adjustment. Because you're absolutely right. When George Pickens makes those plays, when Antonio Brown made those plays, when for Stephon years, Diggs makes the play, when Jordan, Je- when Justin Jefferson makes the play, when Jamar Chase makes the play, oh, he's him. He's him. T. Higgins. T. Higgins is going to be a thousand yard receiver. Tyler Boyd's going to be a thousand yard receiver. We acting as if. Our receivers that aren't even thousand-yard receivers are better than by like, some JV bums. Like, out what there. are we talking about here? We do not have a proven thousand-yard receiver on our roster right now. We have guys that we hope can grow to that, but they have proven guys. We talk about why they have three-headed monster in terms of their receivers. They got three legitimate guys, and we just saw what T. Higgins is capable of. You think he all them nine hundred and something receiving yards he got? You think that just popped up last night? You think it was the first game that he went off? You think it's the first time that he's had a game where we're like, bro, he 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 could be a number one receiver. You think it's the first time we've seen that? No. No. We we can be naive, or at times I like to call it arrogance, because we it's are still a little fans. Bit of both. A little bit of both. But it's like, come on, man. T. Higgins is a heck of a receiver. He might not be top five class, but he's definitely a good receiver. And it just showed. And also the matchup. Because of what we talked about. It wasn't as if every play was on Levi Wass. Levi Wass still a good corner, right? Not a great, but a good corner. Mm-hmm. Cam Sutton, good corner, not a great corner. Good corner. Arthur Millett, good corner, not a great corner. Good corner. So it's like, man, it's okay. We're not saying that, you know, this is what we want to have happen going forward. But there are going to be times where we're looking and it's like, bro, that's just a matchup right there. Same way we look at TJ Watt. How many times do we look at TJ Watt and we're like, bro, this tackle doesn't suck. TJ is just awesome. That interception he made yesterday. Like, if you're a Cincinnati fan. I'm like, are we getting on Joe Burrow? Are you, are you going to yell at Joe Burrow for throwing that ball? Like, Because my drift, like. That's a play that an alien makes. But us as fans, we forget that there are other people that are capable. Oh, they're highly they're, compensated as well, too. All the talent is not just in Pittsburgh. I know it we, should be. We love it to think be. that the best players are here, and the only time we don't win is if it's a coach just messing it up. It's period. But unfortunately, other teams do have players that can make plays. You don't think T. Higgins would come here and start? <laughs> I think you'd be out your mind, okay? I think, we'd, <laughs> I think we'd sign up for that tomorrow. Okay. If you don't think T. Higgins would come here and be that guy, you're tripping. I love what George Pickens is doing. I think George Pickens has a higher ceiling. But George Pickens is not proven to the point of T. Higgins just yet. And once again, when you talk about those matchups, right? We said Joe Burrow a little bit further along than Kenny Pickett, right? We talk about Joe Mixon slash Maji P. Ryan a little bit further along than Najee, correct? Mm-hmm. But more so at the receiver point, T. Higgins. Is he a lot further along right now than George Pickens? 
We saw George have a good game, but we still say he had, what, one for certain touchdown that he dropped. Another one where you're like, bro. Probably should have had that you, one. You, you're a little bit better athlete than that. Yeah. We think you could be those type of guys that can make those type of plays, right? Yes. But he still has some meat on the bone. Yes. T. Higgins is just a little bit further in that development. But once again, you see the parallels. You can see how both teams are structured and where we're at. Mm-hmm. So don't lose sight of that, baby. Don't lose sight of it. Jason tweets us and says, The good, continued improvement by Kenny. No turnovers. The bad, too many three and outs. The ugly, <laughs> watching Higgins all over the field, catching absolutely everything that was thrown to him. <laughs> he I'm good. No, he's definitely good, man, 100%. And um, when you're talking about those third downs, I-, I know you're specifically talking about the third quarter where, like I said, we went 0 for 4. And honestly, man, it was a mixed bag. Uh, the first third down, Kenny just missed. Uh, I believe it was George Pickens he was throwing to. Just missed him. The second third down, Dan Moore got beat by Trey Hendrickson. And that forced Kenny out the pocket, and it forced him to just get rid of the ball. The third one, starting 13, we obviously went to Zag Gentry. Came up a little bit short, right? And then after that, and the, uh, the thing that I didn't like about the Gentry one was the field position element as well. Yeah. That was where we had the short field after the interception, and obviously we had to settle for the field goal. Would have liked to see the touchdown. And then the four, the final one of that third quarter was him missing Deontay coming across the field. He was a little bit late behind him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's context with those. It's not just like, man, these were just bad calls by Matt Canada, or these were just terrible throws by Kenny. It was like, man, on the one situation, if the protection is better, you got the guy that you want. The other's third and 13 because you weren't good on first and second down. The other, the rest of them third downs, though, were very manageable. Third and fours, third and seven. So it wasn't like you were in just terrible situations. We just didn't execute enough on those particular plays. But also, the Bengals came out and played a lot better on defense in the second half. They were a lot more aggressive at the point of attack. They were better up front in the D-line as well. So that does matter. Not saying that it absolves us from what we're going through. Sure, sure. But there are levels to this thing. And we're just not there today. Not saying that we can't get back there very soon, but today we're not there just yet. Annie tweets and says, I love it when ANM3 speaks truth. Oh, hey now. <laughs> Fans everywhere, not just Pittsburgh, toss hamburger helper in a skillet. They don't give it time to cook. And then they get upset when it doesn't taste like it's from Hyde Park. <laughs> Realistic expectations and patience are as hard for fans as it is for teams getting to the Super Bowl. Well, that's another that's another good analogy. You ain't lying, Annie. You ain't lying. Now, we've gotten a couple of these tweets, okay? Yeah. Like Brian tweets us, this game showed us what we need in the draft. Offensive tackle, corner, linebacker, defensive tackle, build for tomorrow. Solitary man tweets us and says, um, Although pre- premature, I'm a problem solver. What improvements are we looking for? The 23 NFL draft free agents like to hear your insights. Thank you guys for an excellent show. Solitary man, Brian, uh, we love you both. You guys are both regular tweeters. Ooh. Oh, we, you want, I got. I had the answer for him, unless you had it. All, it. all the good players in the draft Go and in free it. agency? Go for it. Yeah, man. I was just going to say. Take, turn salary cap off, though. Turns out like it's mad. Yeah, turn it yeah, off. Turns out like it's That's right. Off. Then we could just offer everybody whatever yes. we want in free agency, yes. like we're the Dodgers or the Yankees yeah. out here. We'll have plenty of, of conversations. I mean, we mm-hmm. we do this show year round. Oh, yeah, facts. So we will have weeks and months on this show where we're going to talk about nothing but the draft yeah. and free agency and where we'd like to see this team go. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't think you guys are wrong. The offensive line could use some reinforcements, the defensive line could mm-hmm. use some reinforcements. You could use a shutdown corner. Mm hmm. But I'm not sitting here 
I'm, I'm not studying specifics and who I think would work well with the Steelers and really breaking down game oh, tape. Well, I had a question for you, Wes. Okay. Or I guess for Solitary Man or whoever else wants okay. to talk draft. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you exactly know which positions needed to get improved until you saw these games get played? You didn't know that Dan was going to struggle at times against certain passers until you actually saw these games, right? You didn't know that certain corners were going to struggle against certain players until these games actually were played, right? So being that there are still, what, five, six games remaining? Seven. Seven games remaining. Seven? There's still a lot more to be evaluated. Am I correct? Seven. So so when I think of Akella Witherspoon last year, right, the first ten games, do we know a lot about him? No, because he wasn't seeing the field very much. In fact, we saw him get burnt by Henry Ruggs yeah, against, and, and, against Vegas, and, and that was about it. People hated the move, right? Hated the trade. Yep. And then the end of the season happens, and, and we're hollering. We need to sign him back. Right? Last four games. Yeah. And, and okay, okay. And so then, yeah. So it is safe to say that if we let the season play out, we might have a little bit better understanding of who and what we need to do draft wise and free agency wise versus being premature and not having patience once again. And now we're just over here just recklessly hollering our names and throwing out stuff. Very similar to when we're talking about this team. People want microwave success. They want microwave productivity. They want microwave answers. You can get that, and you could be the Jets. You could be the Bengals. You could be the Browns. You could be all these other mediocre franchises that have one flash in the pan season every couple of years, and then they have a lot more doom and gloom because of the instant success. I got to have it right now. I don't want to wait. I don't care about context. Or... You could take the approach of the Pittsburgh Steelers where they don't look around the league and say, hey, man, because we're three and seven right now, let's start looking for the draft and start talking about, man, we need this play and that play. That play. No. How this about guy's going to be a free how agent. How about we really lock in and start developing and building and trying to compete because you don't make those massive jumps without having your players actually develop. And That's your players don't too. develop. You can only turn over the roster so much And your in an players off-season. aren't going to develop if you – just come out here and just be like, you know what? I don't care, man. We're, we're trying to get this draft position now, man. We're, we're, hey, hey, we're not going to coach you to get to, to actually be win, to, to win or be good or be better. No, 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 no. We're, we're not going to do that now because we care about this draft pick. All you're going to do is bring another talented player into a bum situation. Look at Jacksonville. We talk about Cleveland. How many first-round draft picks Cleveland had? Okay. So, Whole once bunch. again, I love the optimism about bringing in new players, and that's fine. But at the same time, you can't lose sight of the process. And to skip because you're three and seven and you don't have the stomach or you don't have the heart to continue to watch them lose or go through this development doesn't mean you just get to fast track to the good part. That's not how it works. You got to go through this before we can even decide or even start to look and make realistic ideas about who could fit or what makes sense. Because I also remember how many games people hollering about firing Matt Canada, right? So once again, if we're hollering fire Matt Canada today, how are we really identifying who needs to be in this system or not when we wouldn't even know what the system looks like? We wouldn't even know what type of approach we're trying to come with. Maybe we're trying to go with a more physical unit. All right, well, then you need more bigger body people. Maybe we're trying to go to a more of a Sean McVay spread it out, a little bit more tempo element of it. Well, then you're going to need different type of personnel, right? But a that lot, all... A lot <laughs> different personnel. But once again... You got to let this process play out so we can actually identify what we're going to do. What is the idea? Which players should we actually want to build around? Do you want to build around a Deontay Johnson or a George Pickens? Do you want to look at a Pat Fryman or is it a Najee Harris? What is our approach? We're figuring that out right now. We're figuring out, can we rely on Najee to go for 95 yards, average 4.5 a carry? Is that the Najee we're going to get going forward? Mm -hmm. Because that's a different type of offense if it is. Trying to figure out right now how much we're going to offer Alex Highsmith this offseason. Okay. 
Or is it a situation where we say, hey, Kenny, man, you threw it 42 times, but we like some of the things you did. Maybe that's the recipe. But once again, you cannot skip that process. It's not always the most glamorous. It's not always going to feel the best. It's not going to make you smile the most. But this is the process. In 10 games in the NFL feels like a lifetime, but you still got seven to go. Like you're just a little over right. halfway through the season. <laughs> think about it. And it was people hollering about the season's over, man. Let's talk draft two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, like, bro, what are we doing? I will say, though, don't out, darn out right. Offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Okay. Cuban Dan tweets us. All right. I do like me some Darnell Wright. We'll talk. We'll have plenty of time to talk. See now, Brian, Brian, and Solitary Man. Oh. They got me. They got me. Jones and well, let's see. Can we talk about these corners out of Georgia? I'm good on anybody. Got that wide receiver from TCU. Mm-hmm. Man, I thought didn't every first round draft that came in this year was perfect too, huh? Mozi, no, we're no, 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 draft no, no, all no, the good no, players no, 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 and, none, you, and none of the bad don't, ones. Don't you run away from that comment? Every first-round draft pick that was in the league this past draft has come in and been dominant, right? Oh, perfect, yeah. Everyone, okay. Yep. Second-round draft pick, too, right? 32 of them. Yep. That's all I'm saying. So, for all you overzealous folk out there, just that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and the same ones that told me, man, hey, you switch Mitch out, put Kenny in because he's the first-round draft pick, everything's perfect, we'd be undefeated right now. Okay? So, that's how I feel about the draft. You already know this. <laughs> I don't care where that guy's drafted. <sighs> he got to see me in the trenches, baby. Exactly. Our buddy Cuban Dan says, has anyone brought up the point, this is a team who is building, new quarterbacks, several other new pieces, young players going toe-to-toe with a team that was one play away from being Super Bowl champs? Just a little perspective. Shout out to Cuban Dan. Yeah. Francis tweets us and what says, up, Francis? happy Monday, guys. Uh, felt great about the offense after a huge first half. Thanks. Not so much in the second <laughs> half. Also... <laughs> Did I hear correct that there's going to be a Steelers Nation gathering in Charlotte? Yeah, so they were talking about this in the locker room. Mm. Uh, I think CR's, CR and Cuban and Cuban Dayon are the uh, are the guys for that. Okay. So no, I think there is going to cool, be a little. Man. So Francis. Uh, the Triple C tweet, connection, tweet, right? Tweet, tweet yeah. Dan. Tweet Dan, Juan, CR. Find those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure they'll give you the, the coordinates. That'd be pretty dope, though, man. That'd be pretty cool. Rod Dalla tweets us and says it's like the seven stages of grief right now, and I'm in the final stage, which is acceptance. <laughs> hey, I guess what? And with those stages, though, remember they're not always linear either. You can hop from grief to anger sure to depression to guilt to uh, sure bargaining. Absolutely, man. You hop all around them things. Just like progression, yep. grief is not always linear. <laughs> it's not always linear. Some days you'd be like, all right, I'm good. Other days you would just randomly cry. Like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still grieving. I don't know. <laughs> Matt says you can either want it to be great today or you can want it to be great for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Can't always have it both ways. And that is the decision that we have to make. Very similar to the Rams. The Rams build for right now. But when that right now isn't there, you see how their future is a lot more bleak, a lot more just questions out there with it because of their approach. Whereas for us, we look at our roster and we say, man, we have our core. We're a little piece here and there, and we're trying to figure out the development of that, but we feel really good about our core. Whereas in L.A., they're like, man, when it's time for them, they're like, yo, we got to start cutting new checks and we got to get more big-time players that are actually going to live up to it. Otherwise, we're in cap purgatory, so to speak, out there. Yeah. We don't live like that, but that's why when you talk about our sustained success is drastically different than a lot of these other teams. No losing seasons. We have become numbed by that because of how 
reassuring how comforting that's been for us for so long. Right. Like we're always going to play important football down the stretch. But not every team operates like that. And Correct. that is a big part of this thing. So when we Correct. talk about this process, this is why we stick with it. Because it's tried and true. You can get short-term success that might make you feel good this season. And, hey, you could beat your chest. But then when you go through the next five to seven years of misery, don't tell me, oh, man, we got that one ring and that's all I cared about because we got six of these things and y'all clearly don't care about that process more. So you got to pick and choose. At least not here in Pittsburgh, right? Right. You got to pick and choose, right? You go, Which tell, one is you go tell Jets fans right now that they're going to exactly. win a Super Bowl, but then they're going to exactly. fall off the face of the earth for a decade. Mm-hmm. They'd sign for that in blood. Mm-hmm. Us, we got six of them. Hey, been for the longest time, man, most in the league and all this other stuff. And we talk about how hard it is to even win these things, even get to these games. Yeah. But we just be like, oh, and, man, it doesn't matter. And it's a it's a privilege to be in that place as a fan base. Come on. It is. I've told you this how before. Many, like, I would I would sign up for WVU doing an Auburn, mm-hmm. right? Win the national championship, have like a really good three, four, five, and then fall off the uh-huh. face of the earth. Because you got your run. You because, got your ring. Be, because that yeah. would that would be the greatest moment in yeah. program history. But Bama, that's, they that's, don't need that. Bama is ex- different, right? Exactly. Wanna, and you would yeah. rather be a uh-huh. be Bama than be Auburn from your program, yes. from your franchise, mm-hmm. and, and the history and the perspective there. That's a great analogy, honestly, yeah. because that's literally how we view it at times. We'll see a team have a one-off like a Cincinnati, and now we're over here like, man, we need to blow it up and do like how they do. Yep. Like, bro, there's a reason why we have six and why we've had such sustained I, excellence, man. I got all these WVU fans telling me we need to do what Kansas did. What Kansas did? Why? Because they're having their first good season in, it's like, come on, man. in a lifetime? But we lose sight of that. Like, it's, we it's do, and, and that's, and that's and listen, that's, that is part, we're it's not faulting anybody for that. I'm there, too. No, it's real. It's legitimate. It's, like, it's that's, legitimate. that's part of being a fan. Is yes, you're, it's you're, legitimate. You're, over, you're over-reactionary, yeah. you're emotional. But it is so Every game is either the best game ever or the worst game ever. Like, it's teams that are like, man, if we could say we've had 16 or 15 winning seasons consecutively. Oh my gosh. They sign for blood. We're like, bro, we don't care about that anymore. We don't want to hear that. Just think about that. This is the bro, National bro, Football listen. League. We got we got a pretty good basketball team in Morgantown this year, bro. <laughs> if we won the national championship this year, we could not make the tournament for the rest of my life. Hey, you'd be great. I'd be great. You'd be great. You think Duke fans and Kentucky fans are saying they that same thing? That. They they'll fire you after you have a twenty win season. <laughs> yeah, like, right. bro, what? All you're doing is going to the elite eight. It doesn't count anymore. <laughs> As pirates, it's like it's nice pirates win the World nice Series. Man. You catch Mozi and I jumping off the Clemente Bridge. Nice. I don't care if they shirtless, have another. I don't, ca- I don't care if they have another winning yeah. season in my life. Yeah. But you it's think nuts, Yankees bro. fans and Dodgers fans are saying that same it's thing? Nuts, man. You'd rather you'd rather be on the expectation side. Believe yes. me, we've got expectations on a Monday. One of them is that Chris Carter is going to join us. We will do that just momentarily when we return. Keep those tweets rolling in as well too. We'll get to those as we Run close in. down the show. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, CC on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 